This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles and let's get started. We are going to go over the Philippians passage. And there's some things in there that are absolutely, totally powerful and completely impactful if we pay attention to them. Now, the first thing that Paul says is, Therefore, my beloved and longed-for brethren. Now, it says longed-for. Now, that word there in Greek means operation or separation with deep pain. Have you ever longed to be with someone where you were separated from them and you couldn't wait to get back to see them again? Has anyone experienced anything like that? Where you saw somebody and you just couldn't wait to see them again? That's the kind of love that Paul is describing here. He loved those Philippian believers and he longed to be with them. Now, secondly, he says, my joy in crown and that joy in crown, the crown was that not the metal crown that, you know, the shiny one that kings wear, but it was the laurel wreath that would go on the head of someone who had won a race. So this in this case is a crown of victory. So that's what Paul's talking about. He's talking about the victory that we have in Christ. Next, he says, stand fast in the Lord. Now, this stand fast is a military term, and it means a guard on his guard post who is standing firm and not, not letting anybody come past him. Now you say, well, okay, well, how does that apply to me? Well, have you ever dealt with a bully? Someone like when I was a kid in first and second grade, there were some kids that were obviously had been in first grade for several years, and they were bullies on the playground. And they came up and they wanted to punch you and beat on you, take your lunch money or whatever. And so my dad would say, don't run away from them. Stand firm. Don't give up the ground because if you run away, they're going to keep doing it. Now, you may get punched a few times, but stand firm in place. Don't run away. And that bully will eventually leave you alone. Did his advice work? Yes. Eventually, the bullies left me alone. And there is actually a scripture passage that can go with this. It's James chapter 4, verse 7. And it says, Submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Resistance. You stand firm. You stand strong. You don't give in to the temptation to run away. You don't give the bully the satisfaction of knowing that they have intimidated you. That's what they do it for. They do it for the thrill of seeing that they can beat up on you or scare you or intimidate you. But if you stand fast and resist, they'll leave you alone. And that's exactly what happened. Now, 
he says, I implore Euodia and I implore Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. See, there, these ladies had been helping Paul serve and preach the gospel. These women had been his assistants. But does this passage tell us that occasionally people who are followers of Christ, sincere followers, workers for the Lord, people who are in the Lord's harvest, that they can actually have a disagreement and actually have a serious disagreement because apparently it was bad enough to where Paul heard about it. Remember, he's writing this from prison and he hears about the disagreement that these two women have and he says, I implore them to make it right because they have unity in Christ. Now, we have to ask the question, does conflict always mean disaster? No. Good. Because that's true. Here's the living example of that. Paul, at the end of Acts chapter 15, was getting ready to go on his second missionary journey. And he was going to leave with Barnabas. But they disagreed on whether or not to take Mark with them. Paul said, no, he bailed out. I'm not messing with this guy. Barnabas said, we're taking him. He says, no, we're not. And so the disagreement began to be profound to the point where they parted their ways. But here's how it worked out for good. Because Barnabas took Mark and went back where they had gone before. So Mark could conquer that same fear or whatever it was that had made him want to turn back in Pamphylia. And then Paul took Silas. So, result, there are two missionary teams out there planting churches and preaching the gospel instead of just one. So did that work out for good? Okay, so then that does, that's not your excuse to create a problem so it can work out. But it shows that God is bigger than our difficulties and our problems. Amen? He is bigger than that. He is all-knowing. And we got to keep that in mind. Now, next, Paul says, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Now, we've all heard that phrase like any number of times, right? Rejoice in the Lord always, you know, etc., etc. There's a praise song that goes with that. But so many times we're tempted to believe that these are idle, spiritual-sounding phrases that sound good and that otherwise are empty. But let me tell you something. This phrase is not an empty phrase. This is not something that just religious people say so they can feel good about themselves. There is power in this verse. And I want to tell you how. If you keep your mind on the Lord and you rejoice in the Lord always, what is it that you can't think about if you are rejoicing in the Lord and have your mind centered on Christ? Sin. Okay, that's one thing, but I'm, that's not what I was fishing for. What's one thing you can't concentrate on if your mind is focused on the Lord? The world, you, the world and your difficulties, right? So, now remember, and this is a personal story, but it is true and it proves this passage is reality. I had been 
invited to leave my employment at WBZ back in September of 2017. And so I was on my way home after being given the right foot of fellowship on the way out of there. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm unemployed. And I had a good job that paid a lot of money. What am I going to do? And then what am I going to tell my wife? I mean, I'm going to have to tell her that I got canned. And so I was driving along Interstate 93, and suddenly it popped into my mind, this verse, Rejoice in the Lord always. And so I started thinking, Lord, I thank you because somehow I know you're in this. You are involved here, and I know that you're behind what's happening. So I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to thank you because you've op- you're going to open a door for me. So, lo and behold, three days later, I get a phone call from this guy at Kelly Educational Services. And he says, we have your resume. And I thought, well, that's good because I never sent them my resume. Would you like to be a substitute teacher? And I said, okay. So I went down there, had my interview on that Tuesday, got hired. And then I went to my first assignment and I was in this classroom with a bunch of fourth grade kids at a school in Stoneham, and I absolutely loved it. Now, here's the deal. I could have despaired and freaked out and lost it and gone, uh-huh. but instead, I chose to rejoice in the Lord and focus on Him in that situation, to think about what He was doing and what He could do through that. And it turns out, it was positive. Rejoicing in the Lord is powerful. It works because when you are rejoicing in the Lord, you are not thinking about your burdens. You're not thinking about your problems. You're not giving them currency over your life. You are focusing on Jesus and the power that he has. So there is a reason this verse is in scripture. It's because if we do that, we will get the results that come from focusing on the Lord and not on the disasters and the problems and the difficulties. And so not only that, when you are rejoicing in the Lord, you have centered your life on him. You are focusing on him. You are thinking about Jesus and not what the world will do to you. And so it's with that power that we can go on into verse 6 and realize that we don't have to be anxious for anything. We don't have to be afraid, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Because you are focusing on Him, the peace of God will be with you, and it's the peace of God, not the peace that comes from God. God's peace will be on you and in you and around you and surround you and hold you up and give you the power to stand fast and not give up. When you are focused on Christ, you have the power to stand. When you're focused on Christ, you have the power to pray and believe that God will answer your prayers. 
and not this is some religious exercise that we go through to make ourselves feel good. You have your mind centered on Christ and you do so and you do it in with your prayer life and you do it knowing that God will hear you and that God will answer. Amen? Yes. Now, next, we go to Philippians 8, or chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, my brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, Meditate on these things. Why would he tell us to do that? Well, first of all, if you are thinking on good things and not just think happy thoughts, but if you're focusing on the stuff that's righteous and good, your mind doesn't have time to dwell on the garbage of the world. Amen. Amen. And I had this guy come to me one time and said, I keep having nightmares at night. What's wrong? I've never done that before. And I said, well, let's see. What movie did you see last night and the night before? Uh, Friday the 13th. And the night before? Nightmare on Elm Street. The night before? Halloween. The night before? World War Z. I said, well, I think we figured out why you're having nightmares. It's because your mind is on horror movies or what one of my favorite movie critics one time called dead teenager movies. And this guy was focused on that. His mind was wrapped up in those movies. Now, some people may not have any trouble with that, but this guy did. Guess what? He stopped watching all those movies and the nightmares went away because his mind was focused on the things of God and not slasher movies. Those are definitely not from the Lord. Amen? Amen? Focus on the things of God and your mind will be centered on Christ. And in so doing, you'll be able to rejoice, not in the circumstances like getting fired, but you'll be able to rejoice in the Lord. And that gives you the strength to stand something to hold on to, something to latch on to and wrap your life around during those times when it does look like everything in your life is crumbling and going downhill. But you, when you focus on Christ and center, on, center your life on Him, you have the power to stand strong. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at ChristTheKingNorthShore.podbean.com. And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org. If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living, Care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880. Or you can also send us an email at ChristTheKingNorthShore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your Power for Living.